Hey, it's Anthony with HowToGetIntoDramaSchool.com. We've got an awesome podcast for you today. My friend, my Juilliard classmate, and actor in New York City, Jeff Murphy, is the guest on the podcast today. Now, Jeff is especially awesome for you to listen to, especially if you are uh, having a fear of getting rejected in your drama school auditions. Uh, We all deal with that, but Jeff not only dealt with it, he actually got rejected in his Juilliard audition the first time, and he got rejected a second time when he auditioned for Juilliard, and he finally got accepted the third time he auditioned for Juilliard. Fortunately for me, He got accepted into my class, so I got to meet him and become friends with him. He's an awesome guy, and he's got a lot of wisdom to share about how to get into drama school from uh, choosing your monologues and and having a certain mindset, and he's just a really funny guy as well. So enjoy. Uh, I interviewed him over the phone, so you'll hear that, but it's very clear, and it's definitely uh, a good interview. So let's get right into it. Here's Jeff. Enjoy. All right, I am here with my friend Jeff. Jeff, how are you? Doing good, Anthony. How are you feeling? I am great, as always, whenever I talk to you. Jeff is my classmate. Really excited to um, speak with him about a specific topic. Jeff knows that the folks listening are uh, auditioning for drama school, young actors who are dedicated, advanced, serious, really wanting to take their career to the next level with world-class training. And so... With those sharp people in mind, Jeff, let's dive right into it. Sure, uh, sure. You, you, you auditioned for uh, school, uh, and then you got accepted, and then, correct me if I'm wrong, but you auditioned multiple times, and then eventually got into Juilliard. So we wanted to, I want to get your story about how you initially auditioned, you initially went to school, and then how did you make the decision to audition again, and what was the feelings throughout that process? Absolutely. I'm more than happy to tell you all about that. Um, So uh, basically, I went to a year of college in Pennsylvania, uh, and I decided I wanted to go to a conservatory. And so uh, I always wanted to go to Juilliard because, you know, Kevin Klein and all of that, and because I just had it set in my heart. That's where I wanted to go to. Yes. Uh, But I I applied to five schools. I applied to Juilliard, uh, Carnegie Mellon. North Carolina School for the Arts, which I guess is called now UNCSA, mm-hmm. uh, SUNY Purchase, and Boston University. Very similar to and, me. Yeah. What's that? Very similar to me. Right. Good so, schools. you know, I, I prepared my audition, all that fun stuff, uh, was rejected by all of them, and uh, wound up going to NYU for the next year. Um, and. NYU was a, a good school, but I still had my heart set on Juilliard. So I, uh, I applied again the next year and also did not get a call back. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll get into this in a moment, but a number of other things happened. I was graduating from NYU, and I knew I wanted more training. Uh, so I applied one last time, and I wound up getting in. So <laughs> That's amazing. It's, yeah, it's sort of a... I want to... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. So, you were actually already at NYU, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I was graduating from NYU uh, when you I decided applied. to audition for some schools, some other schools. I, I at that point, I actually auditioned for <clears throat> Juilliard and for uh, NYU grad. I didn't wind up getting into NYU grad, so so you got to deal with me for four years. <laughs> oh man, and how fortunate we were. 
<laughs> Jeff is like a Jeff is just an amazing artist. He 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 finds uh, humor in you know some of the darkest places, and he's always like you know uh, just. I mean, I remember one one play we did, Buried Child. I still, whenever I see pictures like on my Facebook or whatever from that stuff. Um, I mean, you look horrifying, and it's so <laughs> it is so amazing. Just and and I I will never forget how truthfully and uh iconically you just portrayed some of these characters even in class you know just unbelievable work and uh, i've said this before and i and i and i'll say it again i couldn't have gotten through it without you uh i'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast has gotten a feel for who you are as a person but i i you're one of the most uh caring and positive and uh just joyous human beings i've ever known so i'm (laughs) grateful for knowing you (laughs) thank you man likewise so so i i want to get a little bit uh we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the auditions you know this is about how to get into drama school so absolutely a lot of people get rejected right um it's also just something people should get used to in the in the life i mean honestly like you're gonna get rejected most of the time as an actor that's okay it's part of the game it's not something to feel bad about it's just like it's like waking up and brushing your teeth. It's just something that happens a lot, and then sometimes things go your way. Yeah, and and so, you know, when you're young like that, though, you know, early 20s and, like, a young actor, and you're, like, thinking about your future, and you're, like, putting yourself in front of these schools who can essentially, you know, train you for the next four years, for the next chapter of your life, you know, it's... it's um. There's a lot of emotion around it, and I know that uh, from talking with uh, a lot of their the students who are auditioning and some of the students I'm coaching and everything, a big fear, and I'm wondering if you felt this or how you dealt with this, a big fear is, I know I'm good, I know that I've got some good stuff, but I don't know if I can deliver it in that room when all the pressure's on. So, like, did you ever have the fear of, like, I don't know if I can, like, deliver my best work when the stakes are so high? I mean, I think that that's something that every performer deals with in different times and in different capacities. It's definitely something, I mean, God, I was a huge ball of nerves pretty much every time I went in there, you know? <laughs> and uh, and the first time I got rejected, I was devastated. Oh, God, I was just completely <laughs> just sobbing on a couch, just... <laughs> It was it was really like really emo, very like eighteen year old getting their dream crushed. But ultimately, my dream wasn't crushed. It just wasn't time for my dream, um, and that's the reality of it. But uh, the thing is, is like as much as you are auditioning for these programs, it's important to keep in mind that one. Uh, not every program is right for you. So you're also kind of auditioning them. And beyond that, uh, worst case scenario here, worst case scenario, you don't wind up, you know, getting into the school you don't want, that you want to get into. You can learn the skills that you need to learn. If you have your heart set on the thing, if you have your heart set on something, you can find your way to there's all sorts of ways to get training and to learn is it easier when it's all in one place absolutely is it nice to have the uh connections that a a big school has totally 
Is it necessary to have those things to be success? Absolutely not. So you can take a little bit of that pressure off of yourself because it's like it's like showcases. So Anthony and I, when we were going to school, we at the end of the uh, project, we had these showcases and there was just so much pressure on making the right impression with the casting directors, making the right impression with the agents, blah, 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 blah. And everybody would tell you leading up to it. But they're like, it's not as important as it seems. And it was really hard for us to wrap our heads around that because it felt really important at the time. But the reality of it is, is that it's not as important as it seems. It's true. Because you are not made or broken in a day. You are an artist who is growing every day. If you are making the choice to improve every day, to do the things that you need to do, no one decision is going to destroy you, you know? And so there's lots of people who come out of showcases, have no agent, wind up doing great. There's lots of people who come out of showcases, get an agent, and they don't, you know, they don't wind up working out. But like everybody's journey is different. So I would say that if you're worried about being anxious in the room, which is a very uh, uh, rational reaction, um, I would say to that it's important to remember that this isn't as important as it feels. <laughs> right. And also they're looking for people who they feel like have potential but need training. So it's not like you need to be perfect. They're not looking for someone with some sort of finished product. I, I certainly you know, if you will, made mistakes or, you know, I didn't forget a line or anything, but like I, I just basically played and I'm getting, you know, from faculty members that we speak with and everything about like, you know, what you want to see in the room is, is someone who's uniquely themselves and not afraid to just play. Absolutely. And, and dive and, and apply their full imaginative capacity to whatever is being asked of them, you know? And, and do you remember, uh, is that pretty much in line with how you felt when you auditioned? Like, did you feel like you were just going for it? I mean, yeah. Can you I, describe I, your audition a little bit? Sure. So I had somewhat of an abnormal audition situation, I would say. Uh, because I, um, I'm not sure how much of this is going to be useful for your podcast. But, like, I went in the first time I auditioned and, honestly... The memory of that is such a blur to me, uh, and I didn't get called back. And then I, I uh, and then I auditioned again. I didn't get called back, and I decided that what I was going to do was I was going to figure out what they were looking for. Oh, this is genius! I can't wait to hear about this. This is the best. Okay. So what I did was I, uh, I found out that there were summer. Uh, there was a summer program uh, that was being run by members of the faculty. Um, specifically Becky Guy and Ralph Cito and Wendy Waterman. So I auditioned for that, um, which I, you know, I put a lot of work into that. It was sort of a, a different kind of thing. It was a theater festival in upstate New York. So I went, the, I went and auditioned for that. I wound up getting into that. And I spent the summer working with these faculty members and, uh, you know, I, actually, Wendy wound up writing one of my letters of recommendation to get into the school. Oh, that's awesome. 
the weird thing was that when I then came to audition for the school, uh, I was put into an audition room with Becky as one of the audition monitors. And then Becky came out and she's like, no, you can't be in my room because I already picked you for Chautauqua. So they sent me to a different room. But what was weird about that was they put me in the room where Wendy was. So I literally had the person who wrote my letter of recommendation at a behind the table, <laughs> which is, you know, it, it is what it is. But ultimately, like, I mean, and but you I, did your monologues, right? You did your monologues. I, you, you did, I mean, was there any special? Because there's multiple people behind the table, not just Wendy. Yeah. Is that correct? It was Wendy, and uh, and I think it was Richard, and uh, well, I know Richard was there, and maybe maybe Daryl, but um, essentially. I think one of the things they were worried about with me when I came in is that I had had a fair amount of training before that. And they were worried that I would uh, maybe not be as malleable, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. they, because a lot of these programs really do like really raw talent because mm-hmm. there might be less resistance to, you know, whatever. And, um, and I had a lot to learn. I mean, I, shit, I had a lot to learn. But um, so they would play around. Uh, I remember specifically because there was one of my, my, my Shakespeare monologue was from King John and uh, was uh, uh, the, the Dauphin uh, talking to the uh, legate of the Pope. And, um, and he... Richard just kept sort of changing the situations. He wanted to make sure I wasn't, like, overly coached. You know what I'm saying? Right. See if you could respond in the moment to what adjustments he's given you and stuff. Exactly. Because, I mean, it it, it is possible to take somebody and just coach them into being really good. Exactly. But what they're looking for is not somebody who's really good at doing this monologue. What they're looking for is somebody who's eager to learn, who's willing to make bold choices and listen and adjust and, and really, you know, and, and and that being in that room didn't get me into Juilliard. What I think got me in was the callback process, uh, which back then it was, you know, all that same day as I'm sure you were. Well, I get, where did you audition? I did. I was the last year that, uh, ever did the regular one day audition. Now, if you're not familiar, for those of you listening, there's a callback weekend. So once you audition, you wait a couple of days or whatever to find out if you got called back for the callback weekend. And then there's like a whole weekend where you essentially are a student in class with, you know, the 40 other folks who got called back. But back when me and Jeff auditioned, it was just one big day, you know, from like 8am to 11pm or sometimes midnight. And you do the callback, you do the interview, everything. And then that was it. And then you'd you get a call a few weeks later, a few months later, if you got in. So continue. Yeah, so basically now it's just more more of the same things that we would do in the callback period of the day. But there's a lot of getting together and doing theater games and interacting with people. Obviously, you do your monologues again for the whole uh, faculty. Uh, and uh, But I feel like what... It was an interesting experience doing the theater games with all of these people who I didn't know except for one of them would turn out to be gabe <laughs> oh really yeah gabe and i were in the same callback day oh, um, gabe is our classmate yeah uh tony award winner tony award winning classmate gee uh but uh 
good guy. Uh, but uh, we were playing theater games, and there were a lot of people who were like trying to show how I don't know how talented they were through theater games. But the people that the faculty seemed to respond most to were the people who were there about trying to support the other people auditioning. I mean, because ultimately they're trying to form a theater company. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're trying to find eighteen people to do great plays over four years. And so you need people who won't be jerks. You need people who will support each other. You need to sort of blind... And it's better now that they have the weekend, but you're trying to sort of blindly create a family from a bunch of disparate parts. So I think that the attitude that I brought into the room for the callbacks was what sealed the deal for me, probably. Because I was... Well, it's actually... Similarly, I will say this, is that after leaving school, I've had a lot of time working as an audition reader in the professional world, uh, which is, for uh, those who don't know what that is, when you're auditioning for a part on Broadway or really, you know, any major sort of mostly theater uh, production, you will have an actor who's hired by the casting director to read the other side of the scene that you're doing. And um, and I've actually booked a time. I booked my first Broadway show doing that. By all, uh, but uh, it was it's it's a very interesting experience to have watching so many people audition. Um, because there's a sense in your head of oh gosh, I've got to look good, but you've got to push through that um, because that is sort of counter to what acting is. When you're on the stage, what you're trying to do is listen and react as well as possible through the lines. So if you're up there trying to be like, I want to move here when I want to do this, and I want to say this and stand here, and that stuff doesn't really translate well to acting. So for professional actors, something I say a lot is go in there and make the reader look really, really good. Because if you're going in... because I found that I do some of my best work as an audition reader because I'm not trying to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to help that person get a job. So if you go into those callback weekends and you try and make sure that everybody else gets into the program, you might actually wind up making yourself look really, really good. I you think know? that's totally valid. I love that. I love that perspective. And thanks for sharing that story about audition reader. I know we've talked about that, and that's super valuable. Like I do remember in my audition, like, during those games, you know, I just loved playing the games. And so you would be able, yeah, it's so fun. And so if you are able to lock, you know, engage with the others and play with the others, you know, you're really applying all your energy and your imagination, uh, but in service of others, you know, so it's like, be present, you know, really, uh, play with others, I think is, is, is something that is good. And and that includes the director. Like you said, Richard, um, who was behind the table kind of gave you some adjustments or asked you to do this or that, you know, you're playing with them as well. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Let me try that. And then go for it. So, um, this is great. This is fantastic. I had a couple other notes. Let me see if I can bring them up here. Um, Oh yeah. I want to ask you about your pieces real quick. Cause we're kind of coming to the end of our time, but 
Uh, sure. Do you remember, like, did you change your pieces year after year? How did you feel about your pieces? Like, how did you choose which pieces you wanted to do? Well, I mean, originally, I think, I, I, as, as I recall, originally I was doing, uh, I was doing, I think it was from Love's Labor's Lost, I was doing Baroon from Love's Labor's Lost, and I was doing a monologue from Marvin's Room. Now, that play particularly is very well suited for a younger uh, male actor, but uh, I sort of aged out of that as I went through <laughs> the four years involved with those auditions. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had to... I, I, it's a still a lovely monologue. Um, I didn't get into any schools with it, but I, I still like it. But, um, I mean, ultimately, when you're choosing a piece, it's about finding one that gets you excited. Because you're going to be spending a lot Agreed. of time with it. You know? It doesn't have to be... There's no right monologue. You right. know, I, I, one, one of our teachers would say that there was this one Shakespeare monologue that was the right monologue for everybody. I don't think that's true. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's just about what gets you jazzed, you know? Uh, so I know somewhere along the line, I, I, I got involved with the, uh, the King John monologue and I, I just really liked it. It was very active and it felt, I felt like it gave me a lot of, things to do with it <coughs> sorry i'm getting over a cold yeah. uh but uh it's i don't know that there's any thing other than just read plays if you love acting if you want to be a professional actor read plays just read all the plays and then if you see something it doesn't even necessarily have to be age appropriate it doesn't even have to be gender appropriate if it's something that is calling to you do it yeah, you here's know, the thing. Yeah, go ahead. What the, it's something it's going back to a thing we were talking about earlier. They're not looking for people to come in and be perfect. They're not looking for people to come in and be perfectly coached and do an amazing like here's the first day of a performance of a show. They're looking for somebody to come in and try some stuff and be open to working with people and be excited about being challenged. So you know, challenge yourself and be proud of that and and be proud of not being perfect because you're never going to be perfect. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And um, I wanted to ask about so, – so this has been great, by the way. Um, thank you for sharing. You know, your course, stories buddy. are great. Your advice is great. You're very articulate. And uh, we're hitting a Anything lot of – Anything for the waffler. Hey, hey. Um, I, I look forward to having you again on the podcast as we move forward. So um, I know that the Tonys are coming up. Are you uh, following any of those nominations or anything like that? Um, I personally am not. But that is, I think it's to each their own uh, kind of situation. But um, I personally don't really enjoy award shows because I feel like it just isn't in the spirit of of what I love about acting. For sure. And theater. Because ultimately it's advertising. You know? It's awards are I think it's great when people I love win things. Uh, but like it just it's not it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that is and I and I mean that in the best possible way. 
Uh, yeah, it's not I, crucial to the storytelling. It's not crucial to the craft. It's it's you know it's like an event. It's an awards night. Um, I get it. Yeah, no, particularly just, particularly the Tonys because it's a weird situation where those the Tony voters, a large majority of them, are people who run uh, touring houses uh, around the country. So what'll happen is people will get people or shows will get nominated, and then they have this conference every year. I think it's called the Spring Road Conference. All of these people will come in and they'll get wined and dined by producers and they'll be taken to events where like, you know, I will say this to, to Gabe's credit, our, our beloved classmate who, who won a Tony award a couple of years ago, Gabe didn't do any of this stuff and he still won. So good for him. But like, there's just a lot of networking and a lot of elbow rubbing and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's perfectly fine. It's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but it's just sort of not really what I'm. Not really your about. thing. Yeah, and that's it's not what great. I care about. Yeah, cool. Um, well, this was great. Like, we just wanted to focus on how to get into drama school. These kids, uh, young actors, rather, are really excited. They're dedicated. They're sharp. Um, so I think this was really valuable. I know this would have been valuable for me, um, and I look forward to uh, having you on again, man. Absolutely. I, and I say, I'd say the, the most important thing for kids who might have an experience somewhat like mine is, uh, is to remember that when we, it's like the Bruce Wayne thing, why do we fall so we can learn how to get back up? It's that every failure just gives you another opportunity to grow and learn. So if you're constantly pushing yourself to grow and learn, no one can stop you. Yes. And with that, we will end this podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, buddy. Okay, see ya. Bye.